Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Andy Price Podcast. Today, you'll hear thoughts on what is the greatest of all time and what does success really mean in today's American society. We'll also be talking about the recent Netflix and ESPN collaboration miniseries called The Last Dance. And that miniseries was about Michael Jordan and the historically great Chicago Bulls NBA basketball team. Uh, We'll cover the highlights of that miniseries and the perspectives it provides, and I'll chip in with my thoughts on the impact of that series on our society and what it says about the world we live in, especially here in America in 2020. If you're checking out the podcast for the first time, thank you for joining. You can find me on Instagram at andyprice55. Uh, This podcast is new, and it's simply me being me and beginning a journey to launch a brand that I feel like uh, God's had on my heart for a long time. Uh, We'll cover a myriad of topics ranging from fitness to faith to family, and we might even talk about some things like Marvel, uh, the Marvel Universe, Star Wars, um, and uh, probably parenting. I've got five kids, so we'll definitely bring some of that up here and there. Today's sponsor is Coglin's telescopic fly swatter. Have you ever been sitting outside and you can't uh, keep the bugs off you, the flies, the mosquitoes? Well, let me tell you, there's nothing like having a Coglin's telescopic fly swatter on hand. During my last podcast, I was sitting outside and was able to dispatch about 20 flies during the course of the podcast with ease. Uh, you can get the Fly swatters in orange, white, or green to match just about any outdoor furniture set. And you can find them at Walmart in the lawn and garden section. Again, that's Coglin's Telescopic Fly Swatter. Thanks for being our sponsor today. Okay, on to the podcast. Uh, We're going to start with the term GOAT. That term gets um, floated around more and more. Uh, it's such an attractive term. Goat meaning the greatest of all time. And you see it in, in all things, not just in sports, but people trying to figure out who's the greatest of all time in, in all kinds of things. Um, the big discussion these days is in the NBA is, is LeBron better than Michael Jordan, right? And for a while it was, hey, is, is Kobe going to to win enough championships or be great enough to, to take that throne from Michael Jordan. Um, within the greatest of all time, we're talking about success, right? And so uh, success can be in the eye of the beholder. And I'm a Christian, so I look, about, uh, look at things like that from both a worldly and a biblical point of view. And so even when I'm looking at Michael Jordan or LeBron James or, you know, a, a movie actor or a politician or a business owner, and even my own life, I'm thinking about, am I successful in the world's eyes? And then am I successful in, in God's point of view, according to scripture? So a couple of things that I want to bring up. So in, in today's society, especially here in America, there are a couple of thoughts that are um, floated out, um, and especially to our kids from an early age, and that if you work hard enough, you can be anything you want to be. Um, and then the other one is you can be the best in the world. And so I want to talk through that a, a bit. Um, but let's start with the last dance. Let's let's. Let's take a look at what's going on in in America today. So uh, we've all been impacted by COVID in 2020 and then a lot of other things. You know, the racial unrest in this country, the economy is really tough right now. There, there is more unknown in, in our country than at any point in my lifetime, for sure. And everybody... Um, seems to be on edge. Everybody seems to have a lot of questions about the future. So, um, you know, a couple of months ago when a lot of the country was still on lockdown and we, you know, there were, there were no new movies coming out. People couldn't travel as much and there were no sports on TV. Anything that, 
that would come along that would provide some entertainment um, was going to be a big hit. And so it's just the perfect storm that The Last Dance was released during this time period because everybody was home. Everybody needed something to do. A lot of people are very, very interested in hearing about Michael more details and, you know, the, the skinny behind the scenes with Michael Jordan, the Chicago Bulls back in the day. And what happened years ago uh, between 1991 and 1998, someone had been filming, uh, documenting a lot of the behind the scenes things that were going on with the, the players, the ownership, and uh, all the NBA in, in general, mostly around Jordan and the Bulls dominating during that time period and trying to win championships every year. And it led up to, if you haven't seen the series, it's, it's worth the watch. It really is, especially if you're a sports fan. Um, it, there's just so much detail and so many players and coaches and uh, you know, people who are, have been around the game forever. So many perspectives provided about that time period. It's super interesting and entertaining. And I'll just say during that time period, uh, my wife and I, Jennifer is my wife, and she wasn't into the NBA at all like I was uh, at, you know, when we first got married. But over time, I kept watching the Bulls and getting excited about Chicago um, I was not a Bulls fan, but I liked watching Michael Jordan play. I loved watching him play. And as that team continued to win, she and Jennifer got pulled into the story. And, you know, are they going to win again? Are they going to win again? And I think the whole world did, you know. And so during the years 1991 to 1998, the Bulls won six championships. Two different times they won three championships in a row. And... It was a great era to be a fan in the NBA. There were a lot of great players in the NBA besides Michael Jordan at the time, but he was head and shoulders above all those guys. So it was, it was amazing to watch. And so watching the last dance brought back a ton of great memories just about the team and um, how good they were and how tough the competition was and how close it was to, to not where they to it not happening where they would have won that many championships because players like Scottie Pippen or Dennis Rodman or, or even Phil Jackson, not coaching there couldn't could have happened where they weren't there. And so, you know, we got to be a part of all that drama behind the scenes with contracts and conversations between Jerry Reinsdorf, who was the owner of the Chicago Bulls and Phil Jackson, the coach and, and a lot of the players and how close, how fragile it was that they kept playing together and they kept going and all that was great. Well, the series jumped into what was really going on behind the scenes, the conversation over the course of many years. And so it starts out with, with a lot of background on the players, especially Jordan, his, you know, where he's from, his upbringing, his competitive drive, playing at North Carolina in, in college and dominating, and then coming into the NBA and just being a highlight reel, you know, something we'd never seen before. Scoring 63 points on Larry Bird in the Boston, Gordon, Boston Garden in your second year in the league after having a broken ankle. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous, right? I watched that game live, by the way. And so... What we didn't know back in the day was revealed through interviews with Jordan. So part of the format of this miniseries was uh, there were questions along the way where Jordan was asked to, um, you know, answer questions about specific players or other teams like Isaiah Thomas on the Detroit Pistons and their their bad sportsmanship or Scottie Pippen's contract or even players on his own team that he really tore down. Um, so a lot of it was uh, in in that in that way. Jordan in everybody's mind, almost everybody, is the greatest of all time. He has a great brand, the Jordan brand under Nike. Um, he owns part of a basketball team. If 
if they had just played the the series as is and not opened it up to where Michael Jordan had the opportunity to tear people down to make himself look better all over again, I think that would have been better. Um, so I won't spoil it for those of you who haven't seen it, but uh, I think that's where I was disappointed when when you realize how driven this guy was but not just him but but the other players on the team what was what was really important to them and they were willing to do anything to win anything including tearing other people down or um uh you know mocking them or uh you know so all of that was was that part of it was disappointing for me uh, it 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 tainted the the vision I had of Michael Jordan, and I don't know if that happened to other people. And here's why. Here's here's what I want to get at. Overall, again, the timing of the series coming out during COVID and and people having something to watch, and it being sports, and it being about winning and overcoming and all that, it sparked everybody's interest and just about everybody loved it right Uh, whether you're a Jordan fan or not and I want to talk about because of the way that you know it was revealed that they went about it and the heart behind some of it was it really success you know maybe in the world's eyes because they won championships and Michael Jordan helped grow a bunch of brands like I'll, I'll even say McDonald's, but definitely um, Nike and basketball. And I think Michael Jordan opened the door for uh, corporations to be willing to throw a lot more money at athletes as spokespeople and protecting that image around the athletes, making them richer, making them prouder. And within all of that, you're bumping up everybody's desire to emulate that and be like that. Remember the old song, I want to be like Mike? Well, everybody wanted to be like Mike. I wanted to shoot like Mike. I wanted to jump like Mike. I wanted to wear those Jordans like Mike. Um, I broke my ankle in a pair of Air Jordan 2s playing basketball. And, uh, yeah, so... What about that? You know, if if Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time and glorified and honored and he, you know, people rooting for him, especially after having watched The Last Dance and how ruthless he was. And then his real thoughts about people coming out during that miniseries about, you know, just basically mocking rivals like Charles Barkley and Clyde Drexler, who are great players, Patrick Ewing. I mean, come on, those guys are great in their own right. And had they had the structure Jordan had or the, the teammates Jordan had, maybe we wouldn't be talking about, um, you know, Michael Jordan as the greatest or six championships. He'd be down you know, maybe with less championships than Kobe or less than LeBron. And then who's the greatest, right? So it's super fragile, the, just what could have happened. So I want to talk about uh, a little bit more about Jordan's um, ability to tear people down on, on the last dance. It seemed like he was he was allowed to be a puppet master, right, and just talk about everyone else. Um, and, and that's what the kids saw, right? So there's a whole generation of athletes, uh, kids, uh, you know, ages five to 20, 22, the ones that are in college too, who are watching that and that competitiveness and that, that looking down on your competition, that arrogance is, uh, it's pretty brutal. You know, so are our kids taking that and thinking, I have to compete that way. I have to compete with that ferocity and that arrogance to to not only win, but be considered a winner. Do I have to act? Do I have to be like Mike? Do I have to act like Mike, Michael Jordan? 
to to be great, to be the greatest uh, soccer player in my county, to be the the best tennis player in the state, to um, whatever it is. I mean, even even games like here in the yard, like my kids play spike ball and ping pong and uh, Fortnite. You know, how has that attitude? when they see their heroes and their parents' heroes. So their parents idolizing these guys on TV, you know, the kids are getting signals that it's okay. It's okay to talk down and trash talk and um, mock and uh, manipulate and tarnish, you know. And I, I see a problem with that. Uh, from a from a biblical perspective, I see a lot of problems with that. We'll talk about that in just a minute. So, um, I'll say that our kids, and I see, a, I follow a lot of athletes on Instagram, just younger, because I just want to see um, what they're into, and definitely their talent. That's, that's fun to watch. Um, there are a lot of great young basketball players coming up, you know, from age, the guys I, I follow right now are ages 15 to 18. They're not quite in college, but these guys will be in the NBA before you know it. But the things that, that they portray and excite them are, um, there's a lot of pride there. And, um, it's, it's funny. I'll, I'll give you an example. So, and I don't know exactly who started this. I think Vince Carter started this years ago, but I don't think he meant it in, in a crazy way. So I remember seeing Vince when he played for the Toronto Raptors years ago, dunk a ball on a couple of guys. And when he came away from the dunk, he's super explosive, right? He's flexing like, you know, just a, a most muscular pose and, now you see that like on every play, like somebody will block a shot or shoot a three pointer or, you know, when I was growing up, if you hit a good shot or you blocked a shot or you stole the ball, you kept playing because you're expected to do that stuff. It's not a time to celebrate or get in somebody's face or scream or yell every time you dunk or whatever. When, when did, when do you have to do a, a celebratory sack dance after everything that you're supposed to do anyway. That's why you're in the game. You're supposed to hit the shot. You're supposed to play defense. Act like you've been there before was the term I heard growing up. Um, Maybe there's a player out there right now that'll start doing that. Maybe we can turn this around. So, but our kids see now Michael Jordan and the way he played, but then also the way he portrayed and thought about other players as trash, you know, and the ratings and the buzz go up on that. That's what our kids are going to follow. That's what our kids are going to emulate. And you see in the, the college ranks, so the NBA players, you know, Jordan was talking about the drugs and the women and the gambling and all that. Well, guess how college Colleges have been recruiting for uh, forever, right? And they keep getting busted, but they keep recruiting that way because that's the expectation. That kid expects the same things that the guys and the pros are going to get. I'm going to have cars. I'm going to, even though I'm not supposed to be getting paid during college, I'm going to have everything a professional athlete has, including clothes and food and women and money and drugs or whatever, whatever. So, a couple of other things that I saw, just some things I want to point out in the series, and how it impacts our society is I saw themes of pride. Uh, this one-upsmanship, I always talk about this, this one-upsmanship mentality where there's not going to, there's so much pride there and so much fear of being seen a certain way or weak or not as good that you'll do anything for this tip for tack kind of thing where you're going to have one up on your competition at all times instead of 
um, instead of just playing hard and letting the results fall the way they, they may, um, see a lot of things that are pointed out in Galatians five, uh, in sports these days, this, um, envy and, and jealousy and strife and fits of anger, you know, these, those are talked about in Galatians five. Um, what would it be like if the other part of Galatians five, 22 and 23, where the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, all those things. What if we saw more of that in sports? And is that possible? What about playing with pure joy? Have you guys watched the Dallas Mavericks in, in the playoffs yet this year or at all? So Luka Doncic is, um, is a, a foreign basketball player. He's 21 years old now, and he is playing out of his mind. Like, he's a great basketball player. Not just statistically, but his team, who's very, very average without him, he's elevating them to the point where they're tied in a series with a team everybody was picking to win the championship, the Clippers. And they play again tonight, uh, game five. Uh, what if what if Luca's the guy? I mean, Luca plays with energy or joy. You know, even when it's hard, it's like when when the other team's mocking and pushing and trash talking, he smiles. He's like, man, this is part of the game. Let's let's just play. Um, can we just uh, play to do our best and trust the results? You know, do, or do we have to be like James Harden and figure out ways constantly to push the rules to try to to try to get an edge and therefore maybe a win? I, I don't know. I mean, have you guys seen James Harden tap dance uh, between dribbling a basketball and then shooting? You know, it's two steps. That's what you get. James Harden gets five somehow. So... Um, and then what about learning from defeat, you know, what, and what about this world where it's like one and done in this world, there's not much grace in this world. So that's why people have so much pressure. You have to win now. Why is that? Why is that? So should success be all about fame and fortune and being the greatest? Well, from a biblical perspective, no. Um, you know, look, look at, um, gosh, there's so many examples, but um, you know, from a Christian standpoint, 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20 talks about our bodies not being our own. You know, if we're with Christ, we belong to him. Uh, Matthew uh, 6 talks about seeking first the kingdom of God, not, not seeking things on this earth, right? Um, Ephesians 2, 13 through 15, you know, you, now you belong to Christ and there's comfort in that. I want to talk about that for a minute. So if, if I'm completely trusting in, in Jesus Christ as my savior and trusting that he's going to be all that I need, then I'm living for eternity. I'm not living for the things of this world. Um, what if Michael Jordan was a Christian? How, how would that make this different? Would he still make mistakes? Could he potentially still trash talk? Um, could he, uh, you know, should I extend more grace to him? Sure. Absolutely. Do I, by the way, I still love watching the highlights of Jordan. I, I can tell you where I was sitting watching him play on a lot of those highlights. And maybe he is safe. Maybe he is Christian. I don't know. Um, but is there something better is there something higher than fame and fortune as far as success and i would say yeah um i'll talk about all the all the average joes out there well i'm one of them i'm probably slightly below average but those that are out there every day working hard thankful for what they've got uh whether you're you know a, a corporate job or own your own business or you're uh, a public servant or, you know, whatever your job or your career is, if you're, if you're doing it as under the Lord, 
and you're working hard to raise your kids and for the most part you're you're a good citizen out in the world man that's success because this world is hard and you you don't you're not rich you're not you don't have uh unlimited opportunities with money or fame or access to things you know so those are the real successful people those are the real heroes or the ones that um and then I'll I'll go a step further than that what about those who have endured hardship you've lost a loved one you've lost a, a job or a career you've um you know you've uh, had physical issues but you get out of bed every day and you do your best and you work hard and you even reach out and help other people. Um, man, those that's real success. That's worth getting fired up about. That's what we should have our children aiming for. And we should be pointing out more examples of that. I need to do that in my own home. I'm having discussions with with my kids right now, like, man, I'm really thinking about rethinking this whole professional sports scene because one, it's a business, right? There's no loyalty to the fans at all. If you, I enjoy the sports, you know, and the competition for sure, but all of the business ease stuff behind the scenes make it really tough to just enjoy the game. Um, because you can see, through things like this miniseries, The Last Dance, that the heart is not toward the fans. They're not playing for you. They're not playing for me. They're playing to move up some imaginary list or ladder in all-time greatness and bank accounts, right? And that's okay, you know? The, I, um, yeah. So uh, just kind of winding things down here. Um, what is greatness in your mind um and what is what is success and you know what is success in today's america what should it be you know what should it be what should it be for your kids and what can we do in our own home if your kids you don't have kids um or if uh you know maybe your kids are a little bit older what kind of example can you be? Um, I know for myself, I'm trying to, uh, I and mean, I'm fighting for it. I'm fighting for another career. I'm fighting for another path. And uh, when you get a little older, it's tough. And you hear a lot of, you have to block out a lot of voices that are telling you you can't do it. Uh, it's not worth it. Uh, just give up. And I want to be, I want to be successful in that I kept going and I trusted the Lord even when it's hard. And man, I need to do a lot of work there. Some days um, I don't do so well. So my games are every day. I don't get a day off. My game is becoming a better version of myself, especially in career and providing for my family. I'm competing against the old version of myself every single day. And trying to renew my mind and trust the Lord and and step into what he has for me next. And um, I, I told one of my kids earlier today, I want you to see the Lord change me. I want you to see the Lord use me and move me. And you can call that success, I guess, but I want it to build faith in them in God not me in in the Lord so um I don't know I think that's it for today um thanks again for joining the podcast and uh, we'll be posting um in in the next couple of days uh please if you can uh check out the podcast it would mean a lot to me uh, if you want to check me out on Insta Instagram again I'm at Andy Price 55 and again, thanks today uh, for uh, today's sponsor, Coglin's Telescopic Fly Swatters. Uh, make sure you stop at Walmart or shop online at Walmart and grab one of these in the color that you need for to match your lawn furniture. And until next time, you guys 
Um, have a great afternoon. And by the way, um, got to come up with, with a better ending of these podcasts. I think it's hilarious that I'm talking about the ending of a podcast and wrapping it up publicly, but it's just being honest, man, figuring this out on the fly. Um, theme music coming very soon. And uh, someday we're going to name this podcast. And uh, you guys will all remember the days when Andy didn't have music and Andy didn't have smooth transitions and Andy didn't have real sponsors. And he talked about grills and fly swatters and whatever he could see in his backyard while recording the podcast. But <laughs> all right. God bless you guys. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Andy Price podcast, where we discuss things such as family, faith, fitness, attitude, gratitude, checking your latitude, and much more. Uh, today, we are going to dive back into our discussion concerning the GOAT, the greatest of all time, and we're going to attack it again from both the worldly perspective and the biblical perspective. Uh, we're going to press into that quite a bit more today. After the last podcast, I had a few discussions with uh, people close to me, and they wanted more. They wanted to go a little bit deeper, and it is such a broad topic. One podcast, there's no way we can do a topic like, what is greatest? What is the greatest of all time? We can't do it. Um, justice in one podcast. So, uh, today's sponsor is Doritos Spicy Sweet Chili Flavored Chips, Tortilla Chips. Uh, my family has always liked Doritos, uh, but in April 2008, um, the Doritos brand, Frito-Lay, decided to come out with the uh, Sweet Chili Cheese Chips uh, as part of an MTV promotion. Can you believe they've been out that long? Anyway, within each uh, nine and three quarter ounce purple bag, you will find uh, 10 servings of these amazing chips, uh, seven uh, grams of fat, 18 grams of carbohydrates, less than one gram of sugar, and two grams of protein. And keep in mind, if you're trying to be gluten-free, these are not gluten-free. You'll have to eat spicy cheese instead and maybe chew on a cracker i don't know so again our sponsor for today is doritos spicy sweet chili cheese chips and i recommend for those of you that uh, easily get heartburn to grab a bottle of tums and uh, and enjoy okay on to the podcast um you know current day uh, chaos seems to be everywhere. If you're on social media or TV or watch the news, read anything right now, um, it, it doesn't seem like there's any stability or known at all. Um, and so what I want to do with this uh, podcast today is turn our eyes back to something that we can focus on, that we can fix our eyes on and know that it's true. And it's foundational and it's an anchor for our lives. And uh, we, we can find rest there. You can't, you can't find rest in the news. Um, a lot of that's just to keep us on edge, keep us in fear, keep us speculating, keep the conversations going. So we'll go back for more. Um, however, we're going to flip that today and we're going to strengthen our focus on the life uh, to come. Uh, you know, our eternal lives versus this fleeting life that we're living in in current day and age. Um, an example of what's going on right now is, um, you know, Hurricane Laura. You know, all of a sudden there are a bunch of massive storm systems, tro tropical storms and depressions moving through uh, the southern um, part of the United States uh, are headed that way. And Hurricane Laura made landfall this week. And it's another thing to fix our eyes on and say, man, is anything going to go right? Um, uh, but we can we can go back to the word of God over and over and over again and 
understand and believe that this world is not all there is. We have eternal life to look forward to. So who do we have to look forward to? And that's that's the real topic of all this. Who's the goat? Who's the greatest of all time? It's the one who came to save us. It's Jesus Christ who came to die for us and defeat sin and death and raise again. Now he's seated by the right hand of his father, our God, and he has conquered our sin. We are free eternally for those who believe in Jesus Christ. So on that note, we're going to take a look at um, uh, the struggles that are pointed out in biblical of people who are wrestling with the question, what, who's the greatest? And uh, we're going to look at the disciples and um, specifically we'll be in Matthew 18. Uh, this, this story is throughout all four of uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So I'm just going to read a, a couple of uh, verses from chapter 18. And at that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And so I want to focus there uh, on one word in verse four, whoever humbles himself. I want to focus on humility as uh, the, the missing ingredient or actually our goal in becoming the greatest in the kingdom. Let me go skip over to uh, Matthew chapter 5, which is the Sermon on the Mount, and verses 2 through 12, I believe, are the Beatitudes, uh, 3 through 12. And so I'm, I'm going to run through those and listen for the common thread within those. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek. For they shall inherit the earth. Listen to that again. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Listen to verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So, again, humility seems to be a thread um, regarding um, the goal uh, in our relationship with, with the Lord and our role here on earth. Our role is kind of flipped in the world's eyes. So, I'll give you an example. So, um, I spent a few decades in the corporate setting in various roles, mostly in IT. And a lot of the roles that I was in were, were leadership type roles. That's just where God had me um, leading people and programs and initiatives and projects. And uh, there were so many good things about all of that. And we were all seeking to be great in that thing that we were doing. Um, you know, great in establishing a, a solid support team, um, great in, um, you know, achieving those projects and those goals on time, great in being profitable, um, whatever the, the demand of the, the business or the role was. Um, so I put my head down and I would work. And what I would find is that um, you know, what, what was being deemed as great or the end all beat all, uh, at the end of the day, I was left scratching my head and feeling pretty empty about, you know, achieving the thing. Um, because it was always on to the next thing. It was always on to the next project or the next, uh, whatever. And the accolades were far and few between. Um, 
not that we should look for those things, but um, if you if you pull off, um, you know, finishing a major project a, a month ahead of time under budget, and and it works, um, you'd think you would gain some favor with with the organization or or the leadership or the ownership that you work for, and that's pretty scarce in in today's workplace. Um, so I want to go back to the Beatitudes on that. So within those teams and within those uh, roles and working, there wasn't a lot of this type of character and this type of behavior happening. So uh, just thinking about asking a team to be uh, poor in spirit or uh, meek or hungering and thirsting for righteousness or being merciful or being pure in heart or being peacemakers. None of that happened. <laughs> it was go as fast as you can. Uh, we'll count the bodies later. And, you know, if you need to uh, get a few buses and run over people along the way so you, know, you can climb the ladder or be seen as the hero, go for it. And, that was my struggle was seeing that all around me and know that in some cases those things were, I, you know, I was being taken advantage of, but listen, here's the thing that I don't want you to hear. Matthew chapter five, verse 11, also in the Beatitudes, blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So listen, if you're stuck in that thing, your whatever it is, your workplace, um, there are a lot of really toxic family relationships with comparison and competition. Um, if you're still trying to please your parents um, or please somebody or um, you know, outdo someone. And then if you're a parent trying to live through your kids and you're pushing your kids all under the guys, I'm, I'm giving them opportunity. Um, check this out. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. So if you're just a, a godly person who's poor in spirit, meek, merciful, pure in heart, peacemaker, and you also work as unto the Lord, as it says in Colossians 3. Does that sound like a biblical definition of being great? Um, we, we can never, I don't think, be great in God's eyes, but we can pursue to give Him our best and trust Him with the results. We can be poor in spirit. We can be meek. We can be merciful in front of other people. We can, because then we're reflecting Christ. We're reflecting the greatest of all time, who's Jesus Christ. His example is His poor in spirit. He mourned. He was meek. He could have saved Himself, but the joy set before Him, which was you and I, he endured the cross. Blessed are the merciful. Jesus was merciful. Jesus was pure in heart. Jesus was a peacemaker. And he was persecuted for righteousness sake. So we are never more like Christ when we have these attitudes. Even in the workplace. Even when it hurts. Even when everybody's talking about you. Because then, rejoice and be glad. For your reward is great in heaven. So remember, Christian, we're living for not the things of this world. We're just not. Let me read, uh, let me read another verse to you here. We're going to jump over to 1 John 2, 15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, including, I don't know, corporate ladders, um, 
pats on the back, trophies, early retirement, gloating. Uh, for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the di- desire of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Listen. Listen to that. The world is passing away. This life is so fleeting. It's it's just, it's a vapor. Where were you five years ago today? Now, now the second question is, have you advanced in any of your thoughts and efforts around trying to live day to day with the Beatitudes. And by the way, I struggle with this. My ego is so enormous. Um, I, I mean, I'm the worst person to be with in the car if somebody cuts me off in traffic or if I perceive they did. Um, I'm so easily offended, so easily inconvenienced. Um, I'm probably the worst person to be around in a restaurant or drive through or anywhere where customer service is involved because I make it all about me. Um, there's no meek and there's no grace and there's nothing like that. But I mean, I am aware of it and I am, however you can work on that. I'm, I'm working on it. Like before I go places, I pray. I'm just praying, God, help me with these things. And the core of that is I want to get to a point where, um, I'm living out these Christ reflecting, um, uh, beatitudes. And it's not just for me. And all of that is just, it's just not about us. We're to be a light in this world, you guys. And living for, uh, status or to be known as something or, um, Even if it's just for yourself, we're missing the mark. We're living for lesser. Um, Listen, people are watching. And people people are interested to see, um, you know, they like, this, this world is attracted to at least analyzing different and seeing what's different. They'll pay, they'll pay attention if you're meek. They'll watch whoever they are, your family, your co-workers, your neighbors, the people you go to church with. Um, they're watching. They're paying attention. It's a great opportunity for you to be the face of Jesus to them, to be attractive, make the gospel attractive. And it's, it's, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. Um, let's keep moving. Let's go to uh, Matthew sixteen twenty five, and I think about um, I think about Tim Tebow in this situation. So Tim Tebow is a pretty outspoken Christian, and he's been ridiculed a lot for that. But then also, well, one of the main reasons he was ridiculed a lot is because. Um, of how outspoken he was just in general about winning and making predictions, but he played for Florida. I mean, come on. Anyway, uh, Tim Tebow has definitely received a lot of um, flack over the years, but I've watched uh, Tim Tebow on social and, and through other things, YouTube videos over the years, and then other people commenting on him over the years. Uh, man, he's been a solid example. And one cool thing about Tim Tebow is when he messes up, he's like, yep, I messed up, man. I really, really messed it up. I know that's a worldly example. It's it's an athlete, but a guy who had a platform, uh, you know, there was just something polarizing about Tim Tebow. And you either loved him or you hated him. Um, I still think the Broncos messed up, by the way by letting him go. Um, He was there the last time they did anything good when he threw that uh, touchdown pass against Pittsburgh in the playoffs. Anyway, 
I digress. So let's let's listen to uh, Matthew sixteen twenty five. For whoever would save his life will lose it. So if we're striving for the things of this world, we're going to lose it anyway. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. When we get that eternal vision, when we are looking to see and live for the unseen world over the seen world, that's when we're actually winning. That's where we can become as great as we're going to be here on this earth. So I want to say this too um, about trying to strive and be you know, get that promotion or climb that corporate ladder or hang on in that job or, you know, be the the highest income earner in your group or your family or um, go on the most trips or have the greatest Instagram, Facebook profile, blah, blah, blah. Um, what if you're living for Jesus instead? You know? What what if you, there's the big thing that's going around social these days is you can't care what people think. Well, that's uh, biblical to a point. <laughs> it, it's not belligerent as as uh, you know. Just I don't care what people think. I'm going to go write my books and I'm going to go uh, make my movies and I'm going to. Whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to start a $1 billion startup company. I don't know. Whatever it is, and I'm not going to care what anybody thinks. That's not what, they're ta- that's not what the Bible talks about. The Bible talks about when you care more about what Jesus thinks, knowing that that will drive your actions, your words, your activities, the way you approach work, the way you approach life, what you'll say yes to, what you'll say no to. That is where you'll be persecuted. People will ask you, why are you doing that? You know, as a Christian, you won't get that. Um, you won't get that cheer from some, from everyone saying, good job, you didn't listen to anybody, you did your own thing. We, we don't get that pass. Jesus says that in the Bible. And ha, but man, that's when that's when we're on track. When we are setting our, our apart our lives uh, to live like Jesus. So just summing it up really quick, uh, greatest of all time equals Jesus Christ. Uh, the greatest that we can possibly be, as humans that are saved by Jesus, is that we reflect him as much as we can. There's a verse in the Bible uh, that talks about uh, we are changing glory to glory. You know, as you look in a mirror, you can uh, we are being changed. And it's as we dwell on, on the Lord, Jesus. Um, by renewing our mind, by being in the word, and by submitting to him. That's as great as we're going to be, you know, during our process of sanctification here on this earth. And we are constantly submitting ourselves to um, to his will and his word and his way. And it's harder to do that. You know, it's two steps forward, one step back, and sometimes two steps forward and three steps back. But we have an eternal hope that can keep us going. And so... We can strive for greatness in things that really matter. And where it really uh, will step up your passion is when someone starts imitating you because you're into imitating Christ. And that could be your kids, but it could also be a coworker. For those of you who have led a coworker or a family member or um, Joe Blow or somebody that went on a mission strip or somebody that did street evangelism um, and you planted that seed. And the Lord um, brought forth life quickly into that person just because you were faithful and because you cared more about them and their soul than how people viewed you. You opened your mouth and you, and you tried and you loved. Man, that's great. I want to encourage you. That's what is being great. And remember, guys, all of our kids, for those of us that have kids, 
for those of us who don't have kids yet, for those of us who are about to be married or engaged, um, the uh, thing I want to end with is this. Um, I'm actually going to be do this. I'm just. I want to add one more thing because this is going to happen, especially in these days. And I just want to galvanize you. I want to strengthen you. Um, this is in First uh, Peter four. So, beloved, do not be. But he called us beloved. Do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. There's more here. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you're blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. So, Pressure's off when we pursue Christ because we can look at our hope eternal. Um, pressure's off. Take a deep breath. That's that's the greatness right now you can strive for. And if, uh, if you don't want to um, attach the term greatness to it, just, you know, it could be obedient. And it could be uh, just viewing yourself and receiving what the Beatitudes say is you're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed. And you're not, you're not just walking around counting blessings and keeping score and things like that. You're just submitting to the goodness of God and um, trying to imitate Jesus Christ. Um, so um, that's it for today. I just wanted to, to jump back into this discussion about greatest of all time. I want you guys to be the greatest you can be. Um, I have such a long way to go on all of this. It's, and I'm not talking about just, I'm not talking about anything regarding um, my next career or providing for my family or overcoming obstacles in my life. Those are things, guys, that are heavy on my heart right now. I am under, um, a lot of pressure to turn things around for myself and in a career and go for the things that God has laid on my heart. I'm scared to death and I'm trying to overcome that fear by just being obedient. Um, and it's tough. So that pod, this podcast is part of that. Um, he's, I, I feel called to open my mouth and speak about certain things and have fun with it at the same time. But beyond everything i I feel like I'm being called to be an encourager, so I hope I'm encouraging. And so it's 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 literally uh, hour by hour for me this battle to um, step into what I feel like the Lord's leading me to do, instead of just falling in line and being a good guy and working um, and and going through life the way I used to go through it. Um, feel like the Lord's leading me in a different direction. So I don't know, maybe the, the great, the greatness meter for me is on how much I submit to these things that I think are so crazy, or I instantly start putting up walls or making excuses for when he says, Hey Andy, go do that. I'm like, Oh man, I, 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 I can't because they, or what they think, or, um, I don't have the expertise or I'm, I, I I don't know what I'm doing or um, it'll take too long or man, don't you know how old I am? I, I can't start this now. What? Um, but I'm going to try. If you pray for me, I'd appreciate it. Um, that's the way you can sponsor me <laughs> on this podcast and uh, the other things that we'll be doing. Um, I would appreciate that very much. Uh, just pray specifically that I'm obedient and that God continues to uh, put things on my mind to share and do and write and the right formats to get things out. And because I want to talk about the greatest of all time, Jesus Christ, in the middle of the chaos 
a lot of it's um, people need Jesus, and I want to tell them, they, them, about Jesus in, in a lot of uh, ways that I think are available to us now because of all of the mediums that are out there, all the ways that we can get the Word of God out there. I want to jump into that. I want to do that. So root for me, man, women. Uh, again, thank you uh, for today's sponsor, uh, Free Delay Doritos. Um, we have the spicy, sweet chili brand uh, version today. And you can pick them up at your local, any store that starts with Wall, uh, Target, Kroger, King Supers, Safeway, and every every gas station and dollar general store along the way. God bless you guys. Talk to you soon.